Welcome back. You're watching Traders Corner. I'm Bronwyn Seaborn. And with me at the desk, as usual, is Garth McKenzie, founder and editor of Traders Corner. Garth, thanks for your time today. Thanks. Hi, Bronwyn. So the S&P 500 faltering a little bit, but are we still seeing that bullish trend kind of continuing? Yeah, you're right that it is faltering a little bit. Last week, it had a quite a bearish week uh, in terms of the fact that it, it made a weekly reversal, actually, on the weekly candles. But let's have a look at the, the daily chart here. And this goes back over the last six months or so. Uh, that Upward sloping channel that I always go on about is still intact for the time being. And you can see that the market has been down to test the bottom of that channel now. Um, it also has been to test this 2870 area, which I alluded to last week as being quite an important zone of support. It's important for a number of reasons. You can see how there's some swing lows and swing highs there from August and September that come in at 2870. That area also marks the bottom end of that uh, upward sloping channel that I've spoken about. We've also got the 50-day moving average there at, at 28.75, so that's holding for the time being. Um, and also, if we were to go back further on this chart, you would see that the, the January peak was at 28.70. So that area is quite an important zone of support for now. So it is critical that the S&P 500 continues to hold that support zone. If it were to break below there and start to break out the bottom end of that channel, that could spell a little bit of trouble in the near term, possibly a deeper correction. But for the time being, it seems that this lateral support of 2870 is holding and we need to watch that level very carefully. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. In terms of the NASDAQ 100, we do have a trade open there. And last week we were pretty happy about where it was going, but now it seems the whole picture has changed. It has changed and we're not as happy this week, unfortunately. Uh, so here's our NASDAQ 100 chart. Again, there's this upward sloping channel that I've pointed out on previous shows. Now what is noticeable is that it's quite clearly broken out the bottom end of that channel over the last week. Uh, we had a trade from approximately three weeks ago where we went long of $2 per point on the NASDAQ at a level of 74.46. My initial stop loss was 7,300, but remember I ratcheted that stop loss up to 7,400. And as the market was moving higher last week, I said it looked good. It looked as if we were still poised to go on to new highs. But sometimes a week in the market can be a long time. And we've seen this uh, NASDAQ come off. It's broken out the bottom of that channel. It's broken below the 50-day moving average as well. So we've actually stopped that trade out. Uh, 73.90 is the level where it was closed out. And that means that we lost, unfortunately, $112 on that trade. So that's after being up quite nicely on it last week. So it's a, it's a pity. But, you know, as always with trading, we, we keep the losses small. And in this case, I was happy to continue to believe that it was moving higher until such time as it proved that it's no longer doing that. Uh, and that break to the downside to me suggests that now we need to be careful here. Talking about a week being a long time in trading, coming back home, things aren't looking great either. The top 40 future has broken below that 49,000 level, which you, which you highlighted, and taking some pain because of NASPAS. So what's the chart telling us there? Yes, that's right. Last week we spoke about NASPAS and the critical level of 3,000 Rand on the share price of NASPAS and said that if that was to break down, chances are the top 40 future would then also break down below 49,000. And that's exactly what has happened in the last couple of days. You can see here the significance of that zone where we've got 49,000 to 49,500. It's a very big lateral support zone that goes back over the, most of the last couple of months actually. And you can see now on the right hand side of the chart how the market has begun to break below that 49,000 level quite convincingly. So it's not great news. Uh, it suggests that the sellers remain in control for now. And unless we can regain that 49,000 area very quickly, it suggests that there could still be further downside pressure on this market. Uh, so it's not looking good. It's really, I mean, in fact, 
other than that little spike that we saw down in, um, in April there, the market hasn't been below these levels much at all this year. So it's, it's really shaping up to be quite a torrid year for the market as things stand at the moment. And look, obviously, we've still got three months of the year left. But at this point in time, it's not looking great. Not looking great, but something that is looking great for us on the local front is Sabanya Stillwater. That was last week's trade. So let's have a check in on that before we get to this week's trade. Yes, that's correct. So here we have the chart of, of Sabanya Stillwater. It was the trade we did last week. What I pointed out was that the share price seemed to be making this big inverted head and shoulders pattern, which I liked. It looked very constructive trading activity since the middle of July. You can see how the price has made lower, uh, sorry, higher lows and higher highs since July. And it, that's a very healthy, constructive chart pattern. Uh, the, the critical area of resistance here is at about 10 Rand, and it's been up there. It's bumped up against that area a couple of times over the last week. What I suspect is probably happening now is that the share price is consolidating, and I would expect that it may, you know, catch its breath before then making an effort to actually break out above that 10 Rand resistance level. Last week for the show, we went long at 8 Rand 89. Uh, the stop loss is 8 Rand 35. And I said that my targets, there were 10 Rand and then 10 Rand 70. Now, obviously, it has met the first target. But I'm going to give it a bit more time and see whether we can't extract more out of this because I do like this chart structure and I do like the fact that on a relative basis it's outperforming the rest of the market quite handsomely. And that suggests to me that we probably will see a break through that 10 Rand resistance area at some stage later this month, I would think. And that'll be a nice boost for our local portfolio. For sure. Also hoping to give us a nice boost is the trade for this week. And you're doing something a little bit different. It's called a pair trade between Pioneer and Zeta. So right at the top, give us some insight into what a pair trade is and why you'd consider it. Yeah, so a pairs trade is essentially where you take two stocks that are usually correlated or related in some way and you pair them against each other. So in other words, you look to go long of one and short of the other in the expectation that one of the shares will outperform the other one. And that's really what it is. It's a, it's a bet that one share will outperform another share, essentially. Typically, you want these to be shares that are related. So common ones are Rand Merchant Bank and First Rand, for example, because there's a cross shareholding there. They're very closely related. That's the type of company you would look to take a pairs trade on where the ratio between the share prices can move out of whack. Uh, and otherwise, sometimes you also look at shares that are in the same sector. So you may look at two retail stocks against each other or to, to other banking stocks, for example. Now, the two shares that we're looking at this week are Pioneer Foods and Zeta, as you mentioned. Now, the relationship comes in here that Zeta is an investment holding company. It's in the food and agribusiness. And one of its major assets is its stake in Pioneer Foods. Uh, about 42% of the some of the parts valuation of Zeta is accounted for by its investment in Pioneer Foods. So you'll find that the two share prices do typically track each other quite closely because of that close correlation. But having said that, there are times where the ratio moves out of line. And we've seen that lately. So if we just look at the charts on the screen, this is the share price of Zeta as things stand right now. Uh, it goes back to the beginning of this year. So you can, be, you can see it's been a fairly torrid year for Zeta. I mean, it started the year at about 7 Rand per share. And now it's been down at around 4 Rand 50. So it hasn't been a good year for, for Zeta. That's that one. And then Pioneer Foods is the other one that we're looking at here. And once again, you can see it hasn't been a great year either. Uh, Pioneer Foods started the year at about 140 Rand, and it's recently traded down to about 75 Rand per share. Now, you can see a big drop on the right-hand side of the graph over there. That occurred last week due to a trading update that Pioneer Foods released, which was disappointing, and it saw the share price selling off quite aggressively. Now, you didn't see a corresponding aggressive drop in the price of Zeta. 
And what, what it has meant is that if you take the two share prices and you uh, effectively normalize them against each other, that's what this graph does. It's gone back to the beginning of the year. It starts at effectively zero, and then it tracks the performance of each of the two shares against each other as the year has unfolded. And what you can see quite clearly there is that there's a very clear correlation between how these two share prices trade against one another. And it makes sense because of that intercompany relationship that I explained earlier. Now what's happened over the last week is that that gap has opened up very wide. Notice how on the year Zeta is down about 28% versus Pioneer Foods that's now down about 40%. So that gap has widened. And you can see it happens from time to time where the two, the, the, the two graphs do diverge from one another, but they typically do come back together. And they should do because of the relationship between the two stocks. So when we see a situation like this opening up, it means that Pioneer Foods is now seriously oversold relative to Zeta. And I would expect that we will see that gap between the two share prices begin to normalize and close up again. And that opens the potential for a pairs trade where you would look to go long of Pioneer Foods, being the one that's most oversold, and short of Zeta to try and take advantage of the gap narrowing. If we look here at this graph, this is just another way of presenting it, but this is a relative of Pioneer Foods divided by Zeta. So what you do to get this graph is you take the historic share price valuations of Pioneer each day, and you divide those by the corresponding historic share prices of Zeta each day, and you get a ratio. Now, if you just draw a line more or less through the middle of that noise that's been in, intact over the last year and a half, say, you can see typically the, the price of Pioneer Foods has traded about 20 times higher than that of Zeta historically. This week, it's been down very close to 16. So it means quite a deep discount to what the history of that share price relative is. And I would expect that you're likely to see some sort of normalization where this thing actually starts to pick up again and go back more towards the mean, that does a bit of a mean reversion. So in order to affect this, we, we do what's called a pairs trade, as we mentioned, where we're going long of Pioneer Foods and we're doing a short on Zeta. And the critical thing here is that the nominal value of each leg of the trade has to be the same. So we're doing a 100,000 Rand notional value of Pioneer Foods long and 100,000 Rand nom nominal of Zeta uh, on the short side. If we look more at these mechanics here, you can see how I've done it. You take 100,000 Rand and divide it by the share price of Pioneer Foods. And that the time that I did the trade was 74 Rand and 74 cents. So that allows me to go long of 1,338 CFDs on Pioneer Foods. And exactly the same time, I go short of Zeta. Again, 100,000 Rand nominal value worth. The price that I traded at was 4 Rand 56 cents, which means that I do 21,930 CFDs of Zeta. And that means that the ratio between the two, essentially it's the Pioneer share price divided by the Zeta share price in this example. The ratio at which I've traded is 16.39. And I would be looking for that ratio to now move up and normalize back towards 19 or 20, that sort of area. And it may take a little bit of time, but th these things do typically normalize. So if we go back and look at this relative graph of, of the two stocks here, again, you can see how this, this uh, relative of the two shares has absolutely fallen off a cliff over the last two, two weeks or so. Um, we've gone long of Pioneer, short of Zeta when the ratio is all the way down at the bottom here at 16.39. And so far as we sit here, it's looking okay. And, uh, you know, I may need to be a little bit patient here, but typically you do find that these things normalize and that the gap between the two shares will close up. And that's where you get your profit on a pairs trade. 
So there are just a couple of important points to note when executing a pairs trade. I know people sometimes do get a little bit confused around this and it's not that complicated, but here are some of the critical elements to remember when entering a pairs trade. So first thing is the nominal value of each leg of the trade must be the same. So in this case, we've done 100,000 Rand nominal on each side, on the long side and on the short side. You e open each leg of the trade at the same time, and then you go and close each leg at the same time as well. You don't open one and wait and think, let's try and see if we can get clever here. You do the long and the short at the same time, and then you unwind it at the same time as well. It's a market neutral trade. So you're not bullish or bearish on the market as such. You're rather betting on the two stocks against one another because you're long and short simultaneously. So you're market neutral. And remember that you're trading the ratio between the two shares. So you're not trading the individual share prices on their own. You're actually trading that ratio. That's what's critical here. Do keep in mind that you may lose on one leg and make on the other leg. In fact, very often that's what does happen. But the key is that you want to make more on the winning leg than what you lose on the losing leg. And if you get that right, then you've got a successful pairs trade. And you want that ratio to move in your favor. And that's what we're looking at here. And when it comes to risk management and that you, you, know, you typically must measure your stop loss off the ratio, not off the individual share prices themselves. Certainly an interesting trade. We'll have to see how that plays out. But we're almost out of time, so let's quickly check in on the portfolios. Right, so our South African portfolio is up 21% for the year today. So we're doing well. The Sabania trade is, is looking good for us there. And then, of course, we've got this pairs trade that I've talked about between Pioneer and Zeta open now. And then on our offshore portfolio, we've uh, lost a little bit of money there on the week, unfortunately, because of that NASDAQ trade that was stopped out. We are still up 8.8% offshore there. Um, so it's an okay performance, but we need to find something else to get us back above the magical 10% gain for the year on, on that offshore portfolio. Well, maybe that'll all reveal itself in the next week, Garth. We have to leave it there. Uh, Garth McKenzie is founder and editor of Traders Corner.